Hello? Hey, Katiekins. It's Rosalie. Want to have a slumber party? thought he had the game wired. How's business? Tickets. Four for Britney Spears, right? No, you owe me, Stu. It's got to be the night of the 18th, and I will deliver you a truckload of celebrities. But today, someone's got his number. Yeah. Don't even think about leaving that booth. Wrong number, pal. I'm aiming at you right now. Can you feel it, Stu? Did you call me Stu? Who is this? Someone who enjoys watching. Slumberkins. I'm Rosalie Kicks. And I'm Katie McBrown. And we are best friends forever. Each episode, we roll out our sleeping bags, pick out a flick featuring one of our favorite heartthrobs, and we gab about it. So for those joining for the first time, we hope you brought your snacks. And here's how the show works. Katie and I visit an imaginary video store. We select a movie that features the heartthrob of the month, and then we get out our sleeping bags and chat about it to determine whether the movie is worthy enough to be placed on our coveted slumber party watch shelf. Before we start talking about the flick today, I thought it would be fun to share with our slumberkins about the exciting person we met. Okay. So let's just set it up by saying we went to Monster Mania, which for those of you don't that aren't familiar with that, it is a horror convention that was in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And this was not this past weekend, the weekend before. And we got to meet the original heartthrob. Corn syrup. Same stuff they use for pig's blood and carry. Surprise, Sydney. Yes. And I think what's really amazing about this, because some people out there who don't know you personally, but like you literally scooted <laughs> to skeet because Katie was on a scooter. Well, I mean, I did break my ankle and I wasn't going to miss this event for my life, even though the doctor told me I wasn't supposed to do anything. <laughs> but we have had photo op tickets and we had to go we just had to yeah and honestly before this i never well one i've gone to a con like a convention like once before but i never did a photo op before so it was all new to me well this was yeah and this was my very first con i think the first of many because i want i want to keep going to them Yeah. And it was kind of a surreal experience. So one thing is if you've never gone to a convention, there are like all of these rules before you actually go to get your photo that you have to read and comply with. But the funniest thing to me is there literally was music playing. (laughs) I guess to like get you in the mood. So you're not like sitting there talking to them, which I get because it's like all a very well-oiled machine like you're in you're out I feel like I blacked out like the music I don't really remember it when we went in there because I just had like heart emoji eyes for skeet and then I asked him I asked him something important that you should share yes you requested that he do the serpent sign screw the south side you're a serpent by blood and no one can take that from you or any one of us from Riverdale and he was like very happy to do it 
Yeah, I feel like he wasn't like, ugh, like Riverdale. Like he wasn't like upset that we brought it up. But my favorite is that while we were standing there, like Matthew Lillard was just standing, like was like right next to the photographer waiting in the wings. And Skeet was like, it's the gang sign I created. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we should note, like being that it is or was a horror convention, like everyone there was basically getting their picture taken because of Scream. Oh, yeah. So, and with both of them, like yes. they were getting like a double like a Matthew Lillard, Skeet Ulrich photo. Which I do think's funny because I guess we didn't pay the extra like $40. Lillard's like, well, I'm just going to back <laughs> up over here. I think it's awkward. It's like, oh, yeah, we didn't think you were worthy. So yeah, like I was almost hoping he wouldn't be standing there like when we went in and then I and then I saw him and I was like, oh, this is weird. Well, it obviously was meant to be because then you ended up using that to your advantage. That's true. Like as I was scooting out, I was like, Matthew, I wanted to get you to sign a baseball for my husband, but the line is just too long. And he was like, go to the front. And we were both like, huh? Like, <laughs> just like, yeah, you're, what? he was, yeah, like he was just like, scoot to the front. Yeah. And this was a really big deal because if you haven't listened to the show before, the first episode we did, the heartthrob was Ski Ulrich, and we actually talked about the film Touch, which was shot right before Scream. And I happened to track down like an actual VHS copy before the convention. So Katie and I took that to have him sign. And I honestly don't think I will ever forget his face when he saw the video. He seriously looked at it like it was something that we dug up, like it a, was... a relic. <laughs> I I feel like every sound around us like stopped and like he was just holding this VHS. Maybe he was excited to be holding a VHS just in general, but he literally like stared at it. I could like see a little brain cloud come out of like a memory of his like shifting and he like glazed over it front and back like really taking it in and then I love that he was like man I wish she still acted and she being Bridget Fonda which I didn't even know she stopped acting weird but didn't know that I didn't either and I did think that was funny but like I almost feel like you had to move him along with it snap him out of his memory unlock that we did for him i said something about the scene i don't even know what i said about the robe yeah the robe came up the robe came up he <laughs> chuckled and smiled and then i think we we went moved on from there and got a picture like a selfie with him and mm -hmm. he was just so nice he was very nice and honestly it really changed my mind about that whole experience i because like i've never done that before i've never paid for an autograph or right. a photo but after doing that i'm like i don't know if they're all like that it was pretty cool and pretty fun because with the autograph they definitely don't shuffle you along no and i mean skeet I, skeet's line was shorter which i don't understand like Matthew's was wrapped. Long. It was wrapped around the hotel. Yeah. Like I honestly think if you would have had to wait in that line, it would have been like hours because um, he also really talked to you and, and myself, he actually stole my pen. <laughs> he 
did. I must say might have been Brian's fault because Brian did want me to get that baseball signed and you need a ballpoint pen, I guess, to sign a baseball. I don't really know. I know nothing about baseball signings. Well, I'm a pen nerd, okay? And I will say, yeah, using a Sharpie on it might have been risky because it's like a thick point. Yeah, and there's not that much space on a baseball to like write, so I get it. But he just like nabbed it outright out of your pocket. Like, yeah. he was like, does anyone have a ballpoint pen? And then like literally, like it was like he knew that you had a ballpoint pen before he even asked that question. I think he saw it during the photo shoot. Maybe because he was watching. Yeah. And then that's why he was like, oh, scoot to the front. Yeah. Which was like super awkward for me. I will say <laughs> because yeah. I don't like to I'm not a line cutter at all. And I don't. Yeah. I don't really like ever get special attention, but since I have this huge, I had this cast on and I was in a bright pink scooter, I was getting, I was kind of like, you know what, I'm going to use this to my advantage. So when he came back, I was standing at the end of the inside line and he was like, oh, come with me. And that was like, everything happened so quickly. I didn't even know what to do. And like you were, you were gallivanting. I think going forward, we will always bring the scooter. (laughs) to the conventions (laughs) i also liked that it had a basket well i wouldn't have gotten a a scooter if it didn't have a basket let's be honest i need i need to carry things i need transport and i think it really helped with like because you bought like eleven thousand figurines no not that many but you bought you bought a good amount of things (laughs) i bought a figurine and a couple of i bought a shirt and a couple of prints I mean, honestly, I could have purchased more. But yeah, you can really go overboard there. Like Rosalie almost came home with a Chucky. (laughs) I kept seeing people carrying them like children. Yes. But like they're so much cooler than children. Well, they don't talk and they don't ask for things. So. But I will say I'm very into the racket of cons. And I still think it's funny when we walked up to the one line. I like asking people, who are you standing for? Oh, my God. That one line. They were like, William. And we're like, who the hell is William? And then you you went to like the website and it was William Zabka, which obviously everyone knows is Johnny from their Karate Kid. But a personal favorite of mine is him in Just One of the Guys. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. but I actually have no idea who William is. Nope. Haven't watched Karate Kid, so I don't know that. Just one of the guys. Never heard of it. You would like just one of the guys. I wouldn't say, though, his line was as long as Lillard. No, because it was still contained inside. I just, I still can't get over how popular Lillard is. (laughs) Is that rude? So I think that he might just have a bigger fan following because he's been in like so many different genres. People are big Scooby-Doo fans. They're dressed like Scooby-Doo people. Yes. And they were there. Yes. Scooby-Doo. I think he was in Twin Peaks. Yes. For like a couple eps. You're right. I mean, his career has varied, whereas Skeet, took a lot of time off and i actually read he took time off because of his kids he was raising his kids so he made some cash and then essentially just like stepped away from the business the cons must be such a great way to make cash 
they make money so easily. Like everything is almost a la carte. Cause even waiting in that line for Lillard's autographed, I was like, Oh my God, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, but they just take everything in cash. Like you're not allowed to pay with, there's no credit card transactions. Like you just have to straight cash pay these people for like a 10 second. Well, not really because it wasn't that short. Like we were actually, I talked to Lillard for a while and we talked to Skeet for a while. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I definitely want to look up some other cons, but then I also feel like, I don't know. I've heard some are not run well, you Mm -hmm. know, so there's that you got to watch out for some are not organized, but this was organized. Yeah. This was really well organized and Mm -hmm. we got to, we got to live out our dream of going to a horror convention and we'll go to more. Meeting Skeet. I mean, that was just amazing. Because I don't think he does a lot of cons. No, I th- and I think because he's he f- like is not on Riverdale anymore. Like he maybe has a little bit more time. We basically, well, everybody that attended probably just paid for his children's like college tuitions. Yeah, straight money into their pockets. You're welcome, Skeet. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> All right, well, I think it's time for Girl Talk. Talk, talk, talk. Girl Talk, talking back. Girl Talk Dateline, the game about the two things girls like best, talking on the phone and... I'd love to go. Boys! This is the segment of the show when we talk about the movie featuring this month's heartthrob, which is Colin Farrell. And I know it's the end of August, and we should have put this episode out earlier, but hey, things happen. I had a broken ankle. Katie has a broken (laughs) ankle. I, at one point, was in a sling. So things happen. But we'll play catch up. Yeah. And we're going to kick things off with Phone Booth, directed by Joel Schumacher and written by actually a horror guy, Larry Cohen. And I don't know if you've seen any of Larry's stuff, but he's done like all kinds of horror movies. I think I'll have to go back and look at his IMDb page because um, I remember you saying that while we were watching. Yeah, I was like really shocked when I saw that he wrote this. And before we get into it here, though, remember, for the film to end up on our Slumber Party watch shelf, it needs to earn at least five gold stars. So as we're chatting, if you hear a twinkle sound, that signifies that it earned a star. And Katie, share with us some of the criteria for earning a star. Yes, because I like to do this. It's my fave. Well, one of my faves. And just to refresh your memory, because it's been a bit since you've listened to a pod, the criteria, one thing is a mall, babe alert, radical fashions, bodacious soundtrack, a bad boy, nudies, a rebel girl, pizza delivery, first kiss, wild hair, crazy cuisines, and newly added dream digs. And again, we're always adding to this list. And sometimes we come up with our own little guys in here, but we're always open to suggestions. So shoot us a note on Twitter at Dear BFF Pod if you got an idea, Slumberkins. Yes. And I've been meaning to watch Phone Booth for a very long time. So yeah. I've seen Phone Booth before, but it had probably been like the year that it came out. And for some reason, we've been wanting to watch this together, even before the idea of this podcast came around. We had been talking about it. Yeah, I don't know why it's always like fascinated me, but 
I'm definitely glad we checked it out. And for those that have not seen it, I will read to you the back of the VHS synopsis, which I was able to track down. A single phone call can change a man's life, or possibly end it. Colin Farrell delivers a captivating, off-the-hook performance as Stu Shepard, a self-centered New York City publicist who suddenly finds himself on the deadline end of a high-powered rifle scope. Now it's real-time race against the clock as Stu must outwit a psychotic sniper in a frantic scramble from phone booth to freedom. Directed by Joel Schumacher, this groundbreaking, tightly made thriller co-stars Forrest Whitaker, Katie Holmes, and Kiefer Sutherland. When I read this the first time, I was laughing because Colin's off-the-hook performance, and his name is Stu. So this is the first time I'm hearing the VHS synopsis. I really love From Phone Booth to Freedom. That really stuck with me when you said that. Because, I mean, it really is. Like, he's in the phone booth for the almost entire duration of the movie. Which has always fascinated me about the movie, why I wanted to watch it, was I just wondered how someone would keep you engaged for that period of time. Mm -hmm. They're just in one location, being a phone booth. But to get started here, I do want to talk about when we first meet Stu. Which, like I said, I love his name. that his name is <laughs> Stu because it reminds me that I still want a Ma sequel. Because there was a character in Ma named Stu. I loved Stu in Ma. Like, loved him. Yeah. Like, every time he showed up on screen, we were delighted. <laughs> Just in, we were, we were like, yes, he's back. He's back. Yeah. So the movie opens. Colin is walking and talking through Times Square, New York City. And he looks awful. <laughs> the outfit, the hair, the beard goatee mess, and those sunglasses. Oh, my God. I was so not into this Colin. And then I don't know. There's something about, like, the hustle and bustle of, like, Times Square that just makes me itchy. I hate Times Square. I, a couple times we, when we went to visit our friend who at the time lived up in New York, he had me drive through Times Square like three <gasps> drive. times. Drive? Yes. Oh. And by the end of the trip, I was like, New York is hell. The city is actually hell. Like, I, and now he's moved from New York. So I honestly have no reason to ever go back there. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> I think there was a time in my life I might have been in high school when I like wanted to move to New York City and then like now I think about it and I'm just I don't know if I would have lasted even a week there yeah the only thing I I really enjoy about New York is there is a pencil store Mm. yes a pencil store all they sell are pencils and I do love that store but they have a website so I can support it online I have a question. Do they sell those like really big pencils, like this comically large pencils? They sell all types, all styles, and the lady is very informative. It's called CW Pencil Enterprise, and CW is her initials because her name is Carolyn. For a while, they had like a pencil club and I was in that where like every quarter I would get a box of pencils and she would write out full blown like history about each pencil, how it was made. 
It's crazy. That's awesome. That. I'm going to have to go to that website later. But they did start selling more stuff now, like stationery, and they added pens, which some people got really upset about. Oh, my gosh. Really? Which I was thrilled. Yeah, you obviously <laughs> like, were thrilled. But people yes. getting upset that they added pens? Calm down. They're both writing instruments. I mean, her store is in Manhattan. I mean, you got to support yourself. You, you know? got to pay the bills. You got to pay that rent. But other than that, I, yeah, New York is no. So I understand the itchiness because, <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I go to New York, I'll just immediately get hives. Probably. So Colin's like a publicist of sorts, but I'm not really sure like what he does PR for. Is it mm -mm. music? I was kind of not following a lot of that because so much was happening like he was talking to mile a minute i know we gave those tickets the britney spears tickets to the cop so i don't really know if he was maybe he was just a publicist for entertainers like singers yeah. and actors and actresses yeah and he has this assistant that follows him around and we learn that he doesn't even pay this guy the guy just follows him around right that was weird i honestly i i did not like colin at all. You described his wardrobe and that goatee. It was all just bad. The only thing I liked in the beginning was he did this like weird little like Fred Astaire like, heel click. <laughs> I don't even know why he did it, but I liked <laughs> that. It was out of character. Yeah. And it was like after he got off a phone call, he was like, ooh, I'm going to click my heels. It was yeah, weird. it was it was bizarre. And I didn't like I really hated the way he treated that assistant. He talked down to him. He basically told him he could be fired at any moment. And that he I don't know that he was just like not keeping up. Like everything was just like so annoying about him. And I hate he was mean to that guy with the gold chain. Why no. would any who who would like this guy? Well, that guy with the gold chain, though, <laughs> that chain had to go like that was it's so New York. Come on, a big gold chain? That's New York, baby. <laughs> and I don't see how you fire someone that you're not paying. Right. The whole thing was weird. But then he ends up in this phone booth, which apparently is basically like where he goes to call Katie Holmes, who is the star, by the way, of Brahms the Boy 2. I must add that <laughs> because I think it's so bizarre that she's in that franchise. Unbeknownst to Katie, she is like his lady on the side. So he essentially makes infidelity calls from this phone booth. Well, yeah. I mean, it was like he took his wedding ring off to just in, like to make the phone call, basically yeah. to get her to lure her to this hotel that he was standing right outside of almost. And I just thought, oh, that guy is such a sleaze. Little Joey Potter needs to move back to Cape Side and stay with Pacey, Dawson, and Jen because this guy is bad news. Imagine a hotel or motel in Times Square. No. Bed bugs. That's what I picture. Bed bugs? Mm, no. I don't know if you ever watched Hannibal. Oh, the TV show. I haven't, actually. Well, when he would murder people, he would wear, like, this full plastic suit so Ooh. that, like, he wouldn't get any, you know, blood. DNA. Yeah, and guts on his clothes. Right. I feel like I'd want to, like, if I had to sleep 
in the Times Square Motel. Like, I'd want to be in that plastic suit. Yeah, I, I would want to be in it too. Like a full zip me up in a plastic suit. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch anything around me. Yeah, Ugh, and I'd it's... probably sleep like straight up. Like sitting up? Yes. <laughs> like propped. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I could ever, I could do it. I don't. Mm. I don't know why Katie Holmes was bothering with him. She was a naive thing that just moved to the city and she was trying to be an actress. So Right, yes, because she was going to go practice Jerry Maguire lines. Yes, that's right. Which is weird because then she married. <gasps> oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. That's so weird. Mr. Cruz himself. Yes. Well, the phone rings again after he hangs up with Katie. And when Colin answers, there's like a mystery man on the other end. Oh, my God. And then it's like this dude comes with a pizza and he delivers it right to the phone booth. What an absolute dream. Excuse me. I'm trying to make a call here. This is for you. Half pepperoni, half mushroom, extra crisp. Yeah, you ever heard of delivering a pizza to a fucking phone booth? I don't think so. Gentlemen occupying phone booth, 53rd between Broadway and 8th. It's a mistake. What am I supposed to do with the pie? It's all paid for. Okay. The homeless guy just ran the block. Give him the pizza and say you can turn away from it, but you can't make it go away. How's that? You think I'm trying to poison them? They, they always get that idea. Get right off the fucking pizza, all right? That language is uncalled for. Holy shit. I'm sorry. Please return a sender. Fuck off. There you go, five dollars. Eat the pizza yourself. You look like you could use a good meal. Yeah, I honestly think that might be one of the best pizza deliveries like I've ever seen in a film. I don't I was trying to think of what like a weirder place that a pizza was delivered, and I <laughs> just couldn't. Colin ends up refusing the pizza, which is so bothersome to me. I mean, I, I'm just going to assume, I'm going to make excuses for him because there really is no excuse. But maybe he had a gluten allergy or maybe he was like, well, my hands have just been all over this like public payphone and they're pretty gross. So maybe, maybe that's why. But also he just like doesn't like seem to like to interact with strangers or like other individuals that aren't doing anything for him. So he was kind of, yeah. he was very dismissive. But I know for a fact that I would not turn down a free pizza. Well, and I bet you later on, which it should have been referenced, you know, he's in that phone booth for a long time. He probably wanted that pizza. Yeah, I think at some point he was like, you know what, I could definitely use a slice. Yeah, because, but we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> we will. But do you know, I, like out of any place, do you know where I want to get a pizza delivered? I don't know. I have always wanted to get a pizza delivered at a movie theater. When I'm like watching a movie, I could eat pizza. <laughs> could you just smuggle? I get no, you would have to have it delivered. I was thinking you could smuggle it in, but there's no hiding a pizza box. Well, nowadays they don't even check anything you're doing. I That's mean, true. recently I've gone, I just walk right in. Mm. Like, That's kind of like how it was at the con. We just walked right in. Yeah, I and I feel that's kind of how going to the movie theater is now. Like, do you have a ticket? I don't know. Okay. Right. Just go ahead. And then then somebody is sitting in your seat. Right. 
Yes, because the assigned seating. But I have smuggled all types of food into the theater. Ben and I once had breakfast burritos. Ooh, that actually yeah. sounds delicious to have in the movies. Yeah, it was like an early matinee. And we took matinee. a burrito in. <laughs> I really like I really like the way you say that. <laughs> yeah. So we took burritos in and I was very pleased with the decision. There weren't many people in there. Like I would never take something that smells. So I this reminds me of one time, and I can remember the movie that I saw. My sister and I went to see the movie The Mexican with Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts to yes, recall this. I recall and that film. Somebody took out, I want to say, like an onion sandwich. No. Like it was pure, like the whole, and it was a big theater. Like it, it was like an AMC or like a Regal, like one of the big ones. And it just immediately, the whole place just smelled like an onion. You and like, come on, that. come on. That person probably that. heats fish up in their microwave at work. Exactly. There's just some, you know, I feel rules that, maybe aren't written down but you just don't do that yeah you don't take something smelly no now whenever i think about that movie not that i think about that movie a lot because well it was it wasn't that great i think about onions think about a stinky onion just <laughs> all about permeating the theater is there anywhere that you would want to get a pizza delivered though have you ever thought about this i actually really haven't while you were talking about the movie theater, I all I could think about was like to the beach with Skeet, like sitting on a blanket at the beach at like sundown when nobody else is around. Yeah, I think he actually was at the beach recently. When I yeah, we, I his... think his his stories had him on a boat of some sorts. Yeah, in the Hamptons. Good for him. Con money. that i'm like oh that's where my money is going yeah, i'm glad you're having fun in montauk good for you <laughs> yes let's talk about the mystery man that was on the phone because i honestly did not hate him i thought he was a hero so i feel like when he explained his reasoning for like these sniper attacks that he did all over the city about to refresh Stu's mind like you know that this is like i've done this before to kind of, I guess, to intimidate him. Those guys that he described were awful. Pure assholes that, ah, like, this is going to be controversial, but maybe deserved a bullet. And uh, Stu being the Stu that he is, he's no angel. Yeah, these were like, like, I think he referenced like, oh, he killed a banker that swindled money from yeah. people. And he killed a CEO. That, Who was like you embezzling. Know, yeah. Terrible people that were taking advantage of those less fortunate. Right. And, I mean, I don't see how you hate Kiefer in this situation. Like, he had a pizza delivered to this guy. <laughs> Absolute hero. Yeah. I think he seems like a stand-up dude, which is why I feel he deserves a star here for Bad Boy. I agree. And there were moments, like, when he was on the phone... With Colin, like, I, I was just losing it. I've had enough of this game. I haven't. You said you'd let us go. I changed my mind. Miserable fuck. 
You can't do this. You can't do this to me. Look, I took all your shit. I did everything you fucking asked. Are oh, you lied to me? Now I'm done with this game. I've got fucking had enough. You can go fuck yourself. Later. <laughs> I feel like we laughed. I mean, I know that I laughed and you as well through text. Couldn't hear you, but I could watch you through phone, like you writing LOL or ha ha ha. But I feel like his voice was just perfect for the banter. And then he had, he had like a really good laugh and I loved his laugh, which yes. made me in turn laugh as well. Yes, he had a very good sinister laugh. Mm -hmm. And when I was looking up some stuff about the movie, I learned that apparently they originally wanted to cast Roger Jackson, who was actually the voice of Ghostface from Scream. That was like their first choice, but then I, I don't know, it didn't work out. So they ended up going with Kiefer, but I don't feel like they settled in any way. Like mm -hmm. I, I think Kiefer was great. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I love Kiefer Sutherland. Like in, like, I feel like he's just always, I think he kind of plays himself. <laughs> Because he's just kind of, like I feel like he's kind of like rough, but I liked I liked him for the for the caller voice. Yeah, and actually, just talking about him now is making me remember. I learned from another podcast a while back. I think Kiefer does like a cooking show. What? Yeah, on YouTube, and I'll have to look it up, and I'll and I will post it to where we post the show. But I remember them mentioning he like will post himself cooking i kind of love that yeah the other thing i wanted to mention is i do think that Kiefer had the best gig on this whole movie because essentially like all he really did was the audio for his part because you never really see him on screen all of his audio was done later like during editing so he didn't even really have to like be on set whereas like colin had a lot of, you know, obviously he had a lot of the grunt work here in making the movie. Yeah, and especially because he had to stand for like long periods of time holding a phone. I feel like Kiefer probably had like three total days of work and made like an easy couple mil, which is the dream. <laughs> Think about it. He probably did like the record, like the audio for like two days. And then like they probably had him on set for that one day. Because yeah. his part, like his on-screen presence was very, 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 very short. He easily made away with a lot of money. But I to totally just recalled something about the, the writer, Larry Cohen. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Cellular with Chris Evans and Kim Basinger, but he also wrote that. And I just love that that was also about tracking a person through their phone, like by talking, like on the phone with them. I'm like, this guy really loves the phone. Yeah, I didn't know that he made that movie. I definitely had heard of it. I have not seen it, but it is weird. I wonder if it's like leftover ideas that he maybe had from this movie or whatever. Uh, but I did mention earlier that he is known for a lot of horror movies, such as It's Alive, The Stuff, and God Told Me To. I just feel it's kind of crazy that, you know, he's wrote some of that type of film because those are like really cult horror whereas this is like clearly a mainstream like blockbuster mm -hmm. type movie but he apparently back in the 60s had pitched it to alfred hitchcock who really liked the idea but they were unsure of like how do we keep somebody confined to a phone booth for an entire movie where people are going to care 
And then, of course, in the 90s, there was lots of issues with snipers and people attacking other people in that way. So that's where kind of it all came together. But again, I said earlier, like, that's what always fascinated me from the filmmaking standpoint was like, how do they keep me engaged with this? Because, well, and it is pretty short, though. Like, it has a pretty quick runtime. 81 minutes. It's a good one. A nice yeah. short, nice short runtime. Yeah, which I do think is perfect for this because you don't want it dragging out, which I know we've talked about before. I have reservations when I see a runtime that's like over an hour and 20 minutes. I feel like I'm at the limit now where I'm like, if it's over an hour and 45, I know that there's just going to be like this lull in the middle. I check out. And it, ha- it always happens. A lot of movies now are over two hours long, which isn't, is not always necessary. But they did, I was like, for this, because obviously it was mostly shot in one location, everything was like quick banter between Colin and Kiefer. I feel like it had, it held my, it held our attention. And then I think the screen within a screen aspect, where there was focus on like the police in like a little square in the corner and like what they were doing and then like the crowds like it was like a lot happening not really it moved well yeah and it it broke it up a bit i think yeah because you didn't want to just have like this static shot on the phone booth the whole time unless we would have seen him eating the pizza correct then we would be like all right keep it rolling because like i still wonder if the pizza had toppings I don't know why I picture like black olives and mushrooms on that pizza, which I'm like, they're like, they're like my least favorite toppings. Mushrooms for me, it really depends. Like, are we talking canned or fresh? (laughs) Because canned, I don't like. Canned Canned. are terrible. They're terrible. Oh, that sounds so gross. Well, I say that because, you know, my husband, Ben, there were certain vegetables he refused to eat because growing up, he only had them canned. So like a string bean, he was like, I don't eat those. No, if you eat them fresh, they're different. And now he eats them because canned are like mush. Mush and like sitting in that green bean water. Yeah. That's disgusting. And they're just, yeah, they're mush. You're right. The same thing with mushrooms. If they are canned, I'm out. I don't want them. Yeah. There's some things that should just not be canned. Right. Anyway, like I said, I really do like other aspects of the filmmaking from this film too. Like they have this one location, but then the other thing that I thought was really interesting was they actually shot the movie in order, which for people that may not know about movie making, that rarely happens. Usually you're shooting, you could start with the end and, you know, work your way back. It it all is dependent on your locations and character or actor availability, all that sort of stuff. And typically most people will start with like the hardest thing first because you just want to get it out of the way. But this was shot in order, which I think is pretty interesting But it also made me think about our feature that we want to do. And I'm like, yeah, sticking to one location is probably really smart. (laughs) Yeah. And especially for like the ease of it, because I think, I mean, and it would also just be fun if we just shot it at the amusement park. And as Ian, the producer of Pizza Man would agree, we can't have cars, no cars. (laughs) 
Yeah, no cars ever again. <laughs> I well, what was interesting about Pizza Man, and more people will see it soon. The short film that Katie and I made is it had a lot of locations, and it, it makes it for an interesting film. But from the logistics of putting it together, it creates a lot of headache. Yeah, especially for <laughs> for poor Ian. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't have to worry about any of that. No. Uh, so during the phone call, Kiefer has Stu confess to like all these awful things that he's done. And again, you know how I like to read about all these weird little facts, but this I thought was kind of interesting. Somebody like, and it was somebody, I guess, that reviewed the film, uh, after they saw it, they said that the phone booth can be seen as like a confession booth and the sniper, Kiefer, is like a priest or God to whom Stu is confessing his sins. And then in the end, he's absolved because he made his confession, which I honestly wonder like if the writer intended that or if it was just like, oh, yeah, sure, that's what I did. It's definitely something I can see, but I feel like the priest is pressuring Stu to make a confession, whereas, like, priests don't really parade. Like, they kind of just sit in there and, like, wait for you. So I kind maybe this was, like, a bully priest. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It would just be weird for a priest to be, like, aiming a gun at him. But again, yes. not all priests are good, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not religious, so I don't know anything about the whole scenario. But yeah, I can't imagine that they would be pressuring you to confess. It's supposed right. to be more a comforting thing that you're ready to do, so to speak. So I don't go to church anymore. I grew up like super Catholic because my parents are Irish and Irish Catholicism is like fucking beaten into you. But I had to go what they called penance or confession days. And like, I would sit there with the priest and I like literally had nothing to confess. Cause here I am like an eight year old. I'm like, I yelled at my sister, my brother and I got in a fight. It was, I was never doing like really bad things. I feel like it was kind of like a waste anyway. Yeah. Like, but, Oh, I stole a cookie. Don't get me wrong. I definitely stole like a pack of gum when I was like a kid, but my mom just punished me for that. I didn't sure. go to confession to be like, I stole a pack of gum, father. I will say, though, the whole monologue Colin does when he has his confession, he's, like, really terrible. He's done a lot of crappy things. The scene is pretty intense. And I was reading, like, I guess Kiefer did an interview where he said the tears Colin had were authentic because apparently Colin is an insomniac. He was actually really upset all day because they had to, like, shoot the entire day, and he was just so tired. That's so, so sad. Basically, when he did that confession, it was all just one take, and luckily he didn't have to do it again. And I think that's crazy. But That's amazing. Colin is good in this movie, acting-wise, even though I don't like his character. Yeah, and I, I definitely was, like, emotional for him during that scene. And that was like in the moment, like I feel like, I can't, when did this movie come out? I think 2002, I meant. Okay. But yeah, I feel like this literally put him on the map. He's going to be in movies now. Like he can carry a movie. Everybody wants him. Like I feel like it was just from that moment forward, he was the it movie star. Yeah, it did, it did seem to, he got more parts as time went on, which is cool. But 
he basically stayed in that booth the whole time. I think at one point he did call it his home. I live here. Oh, something. yeah. Or did we just make that up? We you might have made that up. Or maybe, he, no, actually, he did. He said it to Forrest Whitaker, the cop. That what he, he was like, I live here now. <laughs> yes. I don't know how he said it, but he basically was just like, this is my home. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I forgot. Yeah. But then I, like I said, like he, like, or like you said before, he probably regrets not keeping that free pizza because he would have been hungry at some point. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he didn't have any snacks or anything. Not even a stick of gum. No. Or a bottle of water. Like all of it like makes me thirsty. I just want to leave you with this because I thought this was pretty funny. They say fuck in this movie. 143 times whoa which i know we don't have a star for this but i feel we may need to consider adding like something like potty mouth or you might have a better describer (laughs) i feel as teens like we would have been cackling at every time they say the f word because as a kid i never said it like i don't think i started saying the f-bomb till like i was like 18 or 19 (laughs) I I agree. I think there should be a star for potty mouth, but we'll try we'll try to come up with a clever term because I'm into it. I grew up. My dad literally used the word fuck like every other every other word because he's just like an unfiltered Irish man. Like he just has no, he doesn't care. So like I heard the f bomb like probably too early, and I might have used it a little too early, but it's yes. a great word. See, my my parents both were raised Catholic, even though they didn't raise my brother and I that way. So, like, any time you cursed, my mom would be like, oh, my God, don't say that. Like, she would get very nervous. Did you ever have to get, like, soap in your mouth? Oh, no, nothing like that. Um, Me neither. She would, she would just scold you. You know, as I became a teenager and I started listening to more, like, punk music then it just became part of my vocabulary. <laughs> and that was that. Those punk rockers really got you. Even though they say it 143 times, I'll be honest, I didn't really notice. No, I didn't notice either. But I also feel like in that kind of pressure, high pressure situation, like, yeah, you're allowed, you're, you're allowed to say the F word. I think that's all I have to say about this flick. Well, why don't we bust out the diary? I have my clicky pen. No, I don't. And I can't move right now. <laughs> I'll give you a pass this time. I'm so sorry. I don't know why it's not next Although, to me. Although, I do think you should teach one of the cats to bring you things. Mona Lisa's sitting here with me just sleeping. She's like, she doesn't help at all. Dear Diary, Phone Booth has earned a total of two stars for Pizza Delivery and Bad Boy. Despite our heartthrob of the month, Colin Farrell being in this flick, it did not earn a star for Babe because, well, Colin looked like a greasy donut. Yeah, there was like a, like when he started to get like really sweaty in the booth, he got these like greasy PC bangs and I was like, not your finest look, Colin. Just not. Well, and I think that too was happening because of the product. In the hair, which I feel like early 2000s, a lot of guys used like that pomade. I don't know why I picture like green goop. Yeah. Some kind of goopy, slick hair kind of gross stuff. 
And the, the reason I'm remembering this is from like my concert days, like, you know, it would get real hot and everybody would get sweaty. Dude's hair would look like that. Yeah. Like pasted to their head. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. And like this, the product would be like dripping out. And that's <laughs> what looked like was happening. Like he had a film on Ew. his face. Yeah. It was weird. I'm very bummed, you know, that we don't get to put this on the shelf, but maybe the next one we watch. I have started the Twitter poll already. The choices that we are going with are Fright Night, Dumbo, Miami Vice, and A Home at the End of the World. So keep looking out on our Twitter. Obviously, this will be posted sometime soon. So we'll probably already have something. Follow our Twitter because we have some awesome little little things on there from time to time. Yeah, and seriously, do not vote for Dumbo. I think right now, in in real time, Fright Night is like blowing Dumbo out of the water. So I'm happy oh about that. <laughs> I feel like Dumbo should have never been a selection. Yeah, like we should have just put Phone Booth on there again. Yeah. <laughs> I just... So hopefully we won't be watching Dumbo. But thank you for coming to the Slumber Party. And Slumberkins, we hope you had a blast. Our next episode will hit the airwaves soon and feature another flick from heartthrob Colin Farrell, which you'll have to tune in to find out what it is. And like I said before, you should be following us on the Meads, specifically Twitter at DearBFFPod and on Instagram at BestFriendsForever.Pod because we post all the cool stuff there. Yeah, and until next time, you can also email us at dearbffpod at gmail.com. And you can also send us postal mail at Attention Movie John, P.O. Box 20172, Philadelphia, PA, 19145. And as we approach spooky season, Katie and I have a lot of fantastic things in store for the show. So if there is a slasher or a spooky flick that you treasure, we want to know about it. And please tell us about your Halloween heartthrobs, which Katie has so cleverly came up with hunky horror, which (laughs) I love. Hunky horror is the new, I don't know. But I have a feeling we are going to differ on hunky horror. I think so. I think so. Because I mentioned Chucky. And you're like, oh, that'll be a special case. Uh, that's like when you try to make Christopher Walken a hunk. Like, Word. You don't tell me where you're going. You tell me to stuff my lunch. Oh, I'm so mad that I didn't ask Skeet about that. Oh, my God. I, 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 yeah. Like, why did I bring up the robe when I could have been like, is Christopher Walken a heartthrob or not? And where is we that? Need... Where is that medallion? Who got to keep the medallion? The next time when we go to one of these cons, I am writing out a full, like, paper. Script. A script. Yes. yes. Because there are so many questions, and, like, will we ever see him again? I like to think yes. Probably when we're, like, 80. And then I'm really going to be on a scooter. Oh, my God. And he'll so- probably still look... Like, at that point, because right now, I think he's, like, 50, but he looked better than us. Oh, he was so attractive. Like, he looked 30. (laughs) He looked younger. He looked younger than us. Yeah. So, probably, like, when we're 80, he'll look, like, I don't know. 50. Yeah. He'll actually look 50. 
Yeah, he was delicious. So please, you know, drop us a line. We do want to hear from you. And I know this is Katie's favorite part. (laughs) Now I don't have the gum to look forward to. Oh, because last time I had the gum. Yeah. But I'm really excited about this one. It's very on brand. So what trading cards are you opening today? Okay, so this one is called Laughs. And it's spelled L-A-F-F-S, which I don't know why. But it's six TV trading cards from Perfect Strangers, Family Matters, and Full House. So this feels very TGIF slumber party-like to me. First one I pulled out is Stephanie Tanner from Full House. And then there's like little facts about each person on the back. I didn't watch Perfect Strangers, did you? I did. My mom was a huge fan of Perfect Strangers, so I watched it with her. So Uh, you would know Lydia Markham then? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I also wanted to mention I watched Full House, which I'm sure you did as well. Yes, I did watch Full House. I watched Full House, and then the next up is Family Matters. We have the amazing Carl Winslow, who I loved. And now we have another... We have another Stephanie Tanner, but this one, it's Stephanie, but it says Jody Sweetin on it. And then there's ah. a fact about, oh my God, this sentence is the best. When she's not acting on Full House, Jody enjoys the same things as most girls her age dancing, reading, and playing Nintendo. Same girl. Um, wow. Now we have another. And, and what sorry. is she up to now? I feel like she's on Hallmark. She's definitely on Hallmark because, you know, I love my Christmas Hallmarks. And then she, there was a full, a full House reboot on Netflix called Fuller House, and she was on that, too. Oh, right. I forgot they did that. So she's still making money off of Full House. And then next up, we have Jennifer and Mary Ann. I have no idea who they are, but I'm learning right now as I read the back because their roommates, Jennifer and Mary Ann, live upstairs from Balky and Larry and their yes. flight attendants. Pretty cool. And my last card is Full House, and I think it's just an episode grab called Crimes and Michelle's Demeanor. And in the picture, there's DJ, Kimmy, and Stephanie, and they're eating a bunch of snacks that look delicious. I used to really like Kimmy. Did you? Mm-hmm. I didn't because they always talked about how much her feet smelled, and I always just thought she smelled. Oh. Yeah. So then I always kind of, like, thought of, like, a foot. <laughs> yeah, but Kimmy was, like, the wild neighbor next door. Yeah. Now as an elder... I'd probably be like, I like her. She's fun. I remember when I learned that Michelle was a twin, my mind was blown. (laughs) That there were like two of them. Like as a child, I was like, wow. Yeah, I feel like that could be a little explosive. But I don't remember, I don't really remember like knowing that they were twins until I think I saw the movie It Takes Two. I never watched any of their films. Oh my God. I watched a lot of them. VHSs. Yeah, I I never watched their films, uh, and I mean she was fine on Full House, but not my favorite character. You didn't care for Michelle. She just would come in and say like little quips, and then like <laughs> you got it, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, thinking about the show right now, like if I had to watch it, it would be torturous. Like I. <laughs> I don't think I could watch it anymore. You, could, you wouldn't even watch it for Stamos? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, and then there's the, the 
the lady who rigged the college stuff. Oh Aunt gosh, Becky. I forgot. <laughs> forgot that what she did. Yeah. But yeah, that's those are the trading cards now. I'll take pictures of them and send them your way. Yeah. And yeah, if you write to us, we'll send you some trading cards. And shout out to Movie John's Ashley Jane Davis for our radical theme tunes and the Hollywood hunk Hugo Marmuji for our nifty logo. Best Friends Forever is part of the MJ Podcast Network, and we thank you for listening. Please enjoy a short advert from our official, unofficial sponsor, Hasbro Glowworm. TTYL. Bye. Glowworm is huggable, snuggable, lovable. Glowworm's your good night friend. And now there's a new good night friend, Glowbug. <laughs> Squeeze it tight when it's night. Watch his face light up bright. Glowbug's your good night friend. And there's also little Glow Baby. Glow Baby's tired, Mommy. Good night, Glow Baby. Good night, Susie. Glowworm, Glowbug, and little Glow Baby. They and they're machine washable from Hasbro Preschool.